0: Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Producing quality content at a high volume is hard. And with newsfeed algorithms constantly shifting and audience platform preferences changing seemingly overnight, media companies need to stay agile in order to be on top. That's why content production teams at places like Time Magazine use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and to let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com Digiday today to get $50 in free credits. Hello and welcome to the Digiday podcast. I'm Brian Morrissey. On this week's episode, I talk with Amy Astley, the editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest. Amy is two years into her mission to reinvent the magazine and to build a digital presence to engage with a younger demographic. We spoke about balancing multiple editorial products, the launch of Clever to attract younger people to the brand, and lessons from her 13 years at the helm of Teen Vogue. Also, Amy shares what it's like to be a Condé Nast editor in a time of media austerity. Hint, she did not take a car service to this podcast recording. Hope you enjoy it. Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Brian. Thank you. So
0: Architectural Digest is coming up on 100 years old, That's a right. true legacy publication. Yes. Um, every single magazine is on some kind of journey to reinvent itself, just yes. about everyone. Where is Architectural Digest?
1: I'm two years into my, my personal journey here at Architectural Digest, and um, reinvention is the right word. Uh, so, I'm two years into it and I hit, hit the ground running. And I mean, if the, for me, the first thing was to make the magazine look and feel very different. And I did that quickly in my first issue two years ago and, and it has continued. But the other piece of that was to build a digital brand where there really wasn't one before. It was very minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of felt like a, a website to put the cover story on and sell some subs. Um, okay. And I really wanted to make um, AD's digital presence. Um, Something that complemented the magazine, but that was its own thing full of original programming for really for a a, a different user. Um, And my goal for AD is that people can get it wherever they are. So if they're only on Instagram, they'll have an amazing experience around AD. And I know people like that Mm -hmm. who say, I love AD's Instagram. And I do too. And I'm really proud of it. And all that my digital director has done there. But I'll say, what about the magazine? They're like, no, I'm good with Instagram. And then I have people who just love the magazine. And I'm like, have you looked at ad.com lately? And some do and some don't. So my feeling is, you know, people... You can't dictate where they're going to take their content, where they're mm. going to enjoy their content. I just want to meet them wherever they may be. So all our social platforms are fantastic. Instagram is the biggest growth platform for us, and Instagram Stories is is becoming a huge referral to our website.
0: I want to get into that, but how do you have a coherent product when you have different audiences mm-hmm. for different platforms? Yeah, because um, everyone wants to be multi-platform, mm-hmm. but it's very different if your if your audience is different yeah. on these different platforms.
1: Yeah, I mean, my 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 motto for AD print is best in class. So when people ask me what am I what am I looking for for the magazine, best in class. So if it's a classic house, if it's a modern house, if it's a very feminine, pretty house in Nantucket, which we recently did, I want it to be the best of its genre. Um, but I have a, a very wide range of, of tastes about what I want to show in the magazine. And, and I think that that idea of excellence goes across everything that we do at AD, so we want the Instagram to feel very excellent and very best in class, and it does, you know, it doesn't feel junky or fillery. Um, and it feels like a learning environment every mm-hmm. single post, actually. Um, so it, it does achieve my, my aim there. But, you know, I cannot say that there are not, there are things that I do digitally that are more experimental and that are looser um, than what I would do in, in print where I feel like people have to become, they have to be seeing what we feel is the best in architecture and design in the magazine. Those subscribers, those people who buy the issue are pretty hardcore fanatics about the topics. But you can can run a little looser online, which is super fun because we have all that. We have the hardcore design, it's there. It's on the social platforms, it's on the website, it's in the videos. But we can do things that feel more fun, like a house tour with Zed, the young DJ who garnered 50 million views for us, you know, YouTube mm-hmm. across all the different.
0: It seems like these celebrity house tours are a way to—I don't want to say expand the brand, but maybe into um, a different audience that was—that's certainly not certainly, but probably not getting the magazine.
1: Yeah, I mean, celebrity house tours are a great way to drive a lot of traffic, a lot of interest. People love them. You get press um celebrities always been a piece of architectural digest yeah. forever i mean people say to me why so many celebrities and i'm like did you look at the magazine that page rents founded i know i did you know uh, it's it had Cher in it it had liz taylor in it you know it had ava gardner in it, it frank sinatra like all those there were in it, it was an la publication and now Zed. Um, Zed actually lived only only digitally for us. Wiz Khalifa last week is on its way to being a blockbuster video for us in one week. Wiz gives us a tour of his rental house. You know, in Arc Digest, we don't show rental homes. We show homes people. But live. the
0: subjects seem like they will, apl- uh, they will appeal to a younger audience. I don't want to say the M word, but, you know, it, yeah.
1: It appeals to a younger audience. It appeals to me, too, because I think that a lot of people who read A.D., they want to be in the moment. You know, you don't only want to look at the house of someone from the past. I I think people who are the most open-minded want to know what's happening right now. And A.D. should feel current. If people want to reject that piece of it, that's fine. But, you know, we have a 34-year-old actress, Mandy Moore, on the cover Mm -hmm. of our July-August issue, There are plenty of older people who don't really know who she is and may not want to live the way she lives.
0: Okay. Few. I thought you were going to say that she was an older person.
1: No, no. She's (laughs) a young person with a young fan base and a hit show. Um, this is us, but you know, there are plenty of people who've been reading AD as a legacy brand who would see her as a young un, you know? Um, and I think there's, there's room for her as a cover girl and as, as a topic, um, And I feel the same way about Wiz Khalifa. You know, great video. I'm interested to see how he lives and we can already see that millions of other people are interested to see how he lives too. Yeah,
0: I'm sure that stuff will do um, really well. Yeah. so what are the big trends out there that you think are going? Because I think every publication is in an, an interesting point now because of what's going on politically mm-hmm. and, and culturally. Yeah. Um, how does that change Architectural Digest's mission?
1: Well, I mean, people... I mean, the greater
0: bifurcation of wealth. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, even if you, when you see people say, "Well, why why am I looking at Wiz's house?" I'm like, "Why wouldn't you be looking at Wiz's house?" You know, he I think he's an exceptionally valid talent of today that you you know, you should look at. So the bifurcation uh, I think it's our mission to also try to bring people together and try to show different ways of living and and not feed into that. But um, I but think our nesting, Digest nesting, is still you
0: know, it's still an aspirational brand. Yes, it is. Right. It definitely
1: is. But As I keep saying, we are showing homes. They are aspirational. There's no doubt. Wiz's place is a $16,000 a month rental. Mandy Moore lives in a beautiful house in Pasadena. Wiz rents. He's
0: just like us.
1: Wiz rents just like (laughs) us. So that would be digital because in the magazine, we show places that people...
0: Oh, okay. Bifurcation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Nobody should. But these are a... much
1: younger people. Whether you're looking at them digitally, you're experiencing them on our social platform, in our magazine, you know, it's it's different ways of, of living. But I think to your first point about, bifur- about, about the times, uh, people want to nest maybe more than ever. And we've started a vertical called Clever. It's very, yeah. very successful. The M word, millennials. Yeah. But, so what
0: was the idea behind that? Was that just you know, broadening? The, the demographic base, because yeah. there's only a certain number of people who, I mean, I know it's aspirational, but like it's, it's pretty rich people that um, I would guess would be, I mean, that's the whole idea of our Arch- architectural digest.
1: I, I'm trying to break through that. So okay. I'm saying that to you in many different ways. Um, I think, yeah, re- wealthy people, but people who want to be inspired by houses, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I'm very inspired by it and I don't live like any of the people in the magazine. Um, but always getting ideas from it. And I think that's true for so many people. And I think that's true when you look at fashion magazines. Like, you yeah. know, how many people are actually people, women say, I love Vogue, but do they wear or buy most of the things in the magazine? Not necessarily. You know, it's still directional and influential and inspiring, and gives you ideas. Uh, originally for me, When I started two years ago, I just felt that Arc Digest should not be what you just said, perceived as just something for older rich folks. Um, How could we make it feel um, that it's best in class and inspiring for lots of people, and how could we really own the shelter demographic, the the whole demographic, and all the different kinds of audiences who would be interested? So you have your classic Arc Digest, which we try to make feel more today, more now, more current, uh, clever which is clearly for a younger person and we assume there that the person is renting or struggling to put together a down payment those kinds of things that you wouldn't necessarily assume with your arc digest reader um, more DIY we don't assume that they're hi- you know we, we don't assume mm-hmm. that they're hiring professionals to do things for them is that
0: to get them into the brand before you know, before yes, they they own a giant house.
1: Sure, but I also think Clever is its own exciting brand. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's already doing so so well online, driving so much traffic. Um, even things like affiliate revenue, sales. It's it's clear to me that it's it's something that we can really build off of, um, build other businesses off of. So I don't really see Clever as just a way to drive them into AD.
0: Do you see that as like a sub-brand or becoming a brand? I think it und- becomes
1: its own brand. Okay. Yeah, I think we can build a lot of other kinds of businesses off of it. We have a partnership with Modsy, which is um, a tech company that um, basically you you give them images of your room and they give you suggestions of, they show you what the room will look like with things that you can actually buy and then you can buy them there on the site, okay. affordable things.
0: So it's more actionable than aspirational. Actionable.
1: As, yes, well put. Okay, and yes. AD
0: Pro, what are you trying to? Accomplish AD
1: there? Pro, so that's yet another audience that I felt. How could we address, as I said, the whole, the whole range of the mm-hmm. shelter enthusiasts. So you have the classic person, the younger person. AD Pros for the industry, it's for the trade, it's for the professional. Um, it's a little what, bit
0: back to the roots, right? I it's mean, very much
1: back to the roots. I mean, I just thought, when I started, I thought, where's the women's wear daily? Where's the business of fashion? Where is the newsletter, the daily digital newsletter for people who work in this industry? And I didn't feel that it existed in, mm. in the in the way that I think it, sh- it should for the design industry. People are obsessed with design. This people decide what restaurant to go to based on how it looks as much as what the food will be. Uh, obviously, hotels mm. and the um, Instagram
0: lighting. It's very Instagram
1: important. lighting. The shelter. Right. So um, <laughs> this is where Pro came from. My and and I felt AD should serve. AD is the granddaddy, the grandmommy of the shelter category. It should serve a lot of different interests, not just what you characterized as sort of the legacy, the rich older person, which we're trying to break through that, I think was success. But anyone interested in shelter should be served by AD. But I realized I couldn't do it with one product. Mm-hmm. So that's the great thing about having digital. You don't have to make your magazine become horribly um, you know, scattered by trying to put something in that this group will like and that group. The magazine, yeah. I just think, beautiful, directional, influential, best in class. Those are my words. So there's
0: no clever in the magazine?
1: Nope, no clever no, in the magazine. That's okay. The closest clever content would be would be someone like Amanda Moore, but it's, it's an expensive house, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, She's it doing is, well. She's doing well, and, you know, she had <laughs> professionals work on it, but it's filled with things from anthropology, from CB2, um, brands that we think make sense on clever.
0: Right. So uh, talk to me a, a little bit about the challenge of operating these kind of different editorial products, with it's one team? One team. So, I mean, that would seem difficult to manage.
1: I mean, AD Print has a very strong team. Uh, I've added some new people in the two years I've been there, but there are a lot of people who've been there for a long time who are are very, very strong. Um, I put Keith Pollock in as digital director. I think he's been fantastic. He came from Interview. He put together his team on the digital side. They're reasonably sized teams, they work together. Um, that's something that I've always emphasized and um, I, I founded Teen Vogue and started mm-hmm. Teen Vogue and ran it for 13 years and the print and digital teams worked like hand in glove there. There's no separation between the two sides and it's, it's the way to get the best product, um, especially when you don't have unlimited numbers of people. And I also don't think unlimited numbers of people Equals success or equals creativity. I don't think budgets equal creativity. You know good people working hard at something they love Equals a good product mm-hmm. um, And that I feel is what we're developing at ad people who are who, you know, who are really passionate and want to work together to make something great So the team size is adequate um, I'd like a few more people for pro sure. <laughs> Absolutely because pro should be like a newspaper, you know, I just I mentioned women's Word daily I mentioned bof that's my um, ambition for it. Mm -hmm. But I'm always repurposing everybody on the staff to squeeze as much out of them as I can and out of myself, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're making it happen. We're getting there. And you just have to keep reevaluating, too, these days. You know, what what are you doing that you shouldn't, no one's looking at. Okay. Stop doing that and start doing this.
0: So what's it like to be a Conde Nast title editor now versus say 10 years ago?
1: You know, I, I feel like I've always, because I, I ran Teen Vogue for so long. Did and you it, take the subway here? Yeah. Uh, no, we took a taxi here, but <laughs> okay. I took the subway this morning. We took a cab from, yeah, because you were late. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> we don't do town cars or any of that stuff. Um, to me, being a Canadian Nas editors, you know, it's always been great. You know, I mean, we still have resources. We have teams. We have shoot budgets. I mean, you pick up the magazine. There's a shoot budget. Yeah. We travel to beautiful places. We have the best photographers take pictures. We have a stylist. We have a team. We have flowers. I always try to make sure the product, which is the thing the consumer looks at and judges and experiences and that the advertiser's paying for is as rich and beautiful as it can be.
0: But you still have to do a little bit more with less, right? You have to
1: do more with less, but it's so possible because maybe you used to have a lot so you can, and then it cuts, that's media these days, you know? I mean, honestly, if you can't embrace it and work with it, you should definitely pack up and go. And I'm, I'm not that person.
0: Right. You know? So what's the what's the role of video um, Video,
1: in bigger and bigger role. I mean, I've mentioned Zed and Wiz. Um, these open-door videos we do. People love a house tour. We did a huge one with Robert Downey Jr. I mean, you can watch all these things on YouTube or on um, on our own site. Um, they're fun, and it's such a great way to experience a house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it's one way to experience. I think also experiencing the still photos in the magazine is also an, is a great way, too. But they're totally different. Um, and the videos are doing really, really well. I'm pleased. We're, we're going. We're bullish on mm-hmm. them. Yeah. There'll this, be more video.
0: Right. And this area yeah. is made for Instagram. It's made for People Instagram. People love looking at beautiful homes on Instagram.
1: They love it. And they want to watch more and more video. I mean, reading less and just watch a video.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's perfect for home. Are you able to make money off Instagram?
1: Yeah, and you know, the great thing that I already mentioned is Instagram is our number one, it's it's the, the best growth of all the social platforms that we're on, and we're on like 12 platforms. Um, and it's driving, Instagram stories is driving a lot of traffic to our website, mm-hmm. which is certainly a place that's monetized. So they're all working together.
0: I think a lot of people in media are talking these days about focus. Is, is there anything that you've had to do less of um, and just because, I mean, everyone wants to focus in on what their core is.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm always evaluating what are the things that we're doing digitally that aren't resonating, that we could stop having people spend their, mon- their time on. Mm-hmm. It's less about, there's not that much where we spend like oodles of money stupidly. You know what I mean? Right. Things that I'm letting go of, there are legacy things about our brands that you just don't, you don't need that we've been letting go of over time. You know, you can produce great shoots for less money. Um, And there are lots of ways to get there. And I think that's important because I want more money to do digital things, you know? Right. Um, But I always am doing things in such a way that people won't feel it. And like a doctor, because you have to keep the harm yeah, you, ha,
0: you have to keep you have to keep the quality at, absolutely at, at a high enough level. So
1: yeah, but they're always great new. I mean, I have a great team of people who, like I said, they're all double purposed. You know, they're all digital and print. And I, I just feel like people who can't sort of embrace where we're at now as a brand, as a company in media, they're the that's what I'll let go of that mm-hmm. person. Right for me, that that that's not going to work.
0: Yeah. So what did you take away from your time, uh, your founding editor at, at Teen Vogue?
1: Well, that was amazing because over the 13 years, I mean, when it launched, it was a great digital, uh, it was a great print publication that mm-hmm. really made money and was influential. And that continued for a, a long time. But I think that I saw maybe before, long before I was even asked at the company, I felt there was the future was digital. And I was um, shifting resources there in a stealth way. And um, I would say I st- I'm still doing that. You know, I think you absolutely have to find a way to, to make that print product as gorgeous and lush as possible and keep feeding the new thing that's growing and that is the future. So I definitely learned how to do that. I learned how to run uh, an integrated print and web team, um, how to hire great people um, like Phil Picardi, who I hired um, to run teamvogue.com and who I was really happy with. Um, yeah, hiring great people, letting them do their thing, giving people guidance and a lot of room to be creative, but not enough that they can go totally off piece. you know, it was a great training ground for me.
0: A quick break here for a word from our sponsor, Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The digital landscape is constantly evolving and for your content to break through the noise, your publishing strategy needs to be adaptable. That's why teams at leading media companies like Condé Nast Entertainment, BuzzFeed Studios, and Group 9 Media all use Airtable to fine-tune their production process for the modern age. With Airtable, you can build the collaborative, streamlined production process you need to succeed. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. Now back to the episode. So I think for for all media brands, the role of print is changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it it's different in in each category. Um, but where do you see for Architectural digest the role of print? you know, today we've talked about. But where is it in five years?
1: Well, I mean, the the incredible thing about a d and the real gift about it to a print editor like myself, i love I am a digital editor and a print editor. i love I love a print product. AD is something people keep. They treasure. They collect it. They put it on their shelves. They put it on their coffee table. They're proud of it. They don't put it in the recycling basket. It feels like something you keep. That is very unusual these days. There's very little print that feels keepable. Right. And I... That's why everything I've been saying through, throughout this whole conversation, I have to keep the look of it very lush and beautiful. And I'm lucky that the company is aligned with me in that desire. And I have the resources to do that. Even in a time where you're trimming, there's still plenty to make it beautiful, as you can see. It's a gift for someone who loves doing print mm-hmm. like myself to be able to make a magazine that people keep, you know, put on the shelf, put on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will continue because our print is so strong. I've been doing it for two years the numbers are absolutely holding up. We are absolutely making money. We are Advertisers
0: still want to be in.
1: Mm-hmm. Advertisers want to be in it. Renewals are up. More at forty three percent up in digital renewals, which means younger people who are you know, what is that? they they're getting the sub.
0: But will they adopt the print product, I guess is the question.
1: Well, they're, they're signing up for it, in mm-hmm. it on, digitally rather than the old-fashioned way that like our mothers or even our grandmothers did, which was to send in a check and a piece of paper and a stamped envelope. So this is a new person buying it on a digital platform, which is very positive. Um, I think I don't see any end to our print product. It's It's desirable and mm-hmm. it's beautiful, it's special, but I think it's very unique in the print category. Uh, there aren't many other products like that. Um, every, you know, other print magazines, the problem is they're doing news or they're doing fashion things that feel, um, you know, there's a time limit mm. on them.
0: Of the moment. I mean. Yes, that's...
1: but these are great houses. Like I started by <laughs> saying they're best in class. Right. The house that was great last year, two years ago, or is going to be great in six months for issues I'm working on is still going to be inspiring and relevant to look at down the road. You know, it's not suddenly out of date. Um, and there and the great thing about Arc Digest, it's right there in the title. You know, there's a historic significance to these homes. They're documented. and um, it's just a lasting thing. So I'm lucky.
0: Are there other platforms that you're looking at for for growth? And we've talked about Instagram, and obviously print is a great platform, and digital overall is a platform. yeah but what about any others? I just
1: really want to start businesses that would be tech-based businesses. Um, I I have a a lot of business ideas for AD that come out of things that people talk to me about, um, both regular people and people in the industry. So when I start to hear the same kind of queries over and over from the two sides, I I can identify where the the business idea is there. it's an entrepreneurial way of looking at the magazine, and AD is really ripe to build other businesses off of. Even AD Pro, which I mentioned, is a new right. business. That is a new business, and there are many tentacles off of that,
0: which right. I wish
1: I could blab about, but I can't. But <laughs> I mean, I literally have an idea like every week.
0: Right, of taking the brand. When you have a strong brand, mm-hmm. you can do a lot. It's of a strong brand,
1: and and it all comes back to what what I started by saying when I started two years ago: how can we? expand what this brand is so it's not just what you started saying oh it's for rich people it's for old rich people i was like well i can't build anything off of old rich people they are dying (laughs) that is not a relevant or exciting although they're living longer these days yes and and by the way they're awesome for advertisers who you know are advertising viking refrigerators and you know they know an older person comes in renovates the whole kitchen buys the whole thing like they're they're totally valid and and um you know, it's a it's an audience and a reader that you know we're we're making a little light of it, but they're they're very important to our brand. But we have to bring up new people too, um, and it can't just be seen as for old rich people. I mean, that feels like the kiss of death to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather p- pivot to um, best in class, important homes, important architecture that people should see. And I've tried to really broaden what what you will see in the magazine. It's more socially conscious than it used to be, um, by far. So. Um, you know, they're all ways to, to allow us to reach more people and then build new businesses off of that.
0: So I alluded to this earlier, but I'll, I'll sort of be more specific about it. The, um, I mean, this is an interesting time with Trump and with a lot of division is architectural digest kind of just like shielded from that. I mean, cause we saw, you know, Teen Vogue, um, came very woke. Yeah. Um, uh, and a lot of, a lot of media brands are in. End- ended up getting pulled into uh, this vortex, for better or for worse. But for some, it's like, hey, we are outside of all of that, and that's mm-hmm. really good for some advertisers because they don't want to be part of it at all.
1: Yeah, I think you just said it really well. I mean, I, I don't particularly want, I don't really want AD to, to take a, a, a political point of view per se or to be pulled into the vortex, as you said. Look, we did the Obama White House uh, two Decembers ago. Soon after yeah. I arrived at AD, there was a tradition at Architectural Digest to show the White House, the private quarters of the outgoing president. Not every single president has done it, but many. You know, at that time, I researched it, and we did the Obama White House. It had been decorated by Michael Smith, who's a you know major duomo in LA, um, and it was beautiful and it was insanely popular. And I, I had I was just new at AD, and it drove a lot of traffic to the website mm-hmm. and a lot of press, as you can imagine. Um, is it political? Not exactly. It was a historical documentation of of the White House and of what they had done to it, you know. Um, and people responded positively to it and it didn't really take yeah. a huge political point of view. And, and, you know, that's not what we're about. right?
0: But, but it'll be interesting. I mean, like, if you do the house of like a, Co- I'm sure one of the Koch brothers has an amazing house somewhere. Um, they're going to be, all of a sudden you're in the vortex or Steve yeah. Machen's yeah, Palace somewhere.
1: I I guess I could go on the record saying I'm I'm <laughs> avoiding those the, those the homes. Brothers homes. <laughs> the Coke, and to be honest, they usually don't want to show their home. Okay. So it's a, sort of a win-win, you know. It's a win-win. Um, people. Some people have a lot to lose by showing the world uh, either security. Uh, You know, they just don't want to show how they live, and and that's that's fine. There's so many people who are really excited to show the house, and it feels really appropriate for our readers. I I don't want to start a fight, you know. (laughs) Um, But the magazine's more liberal by far um, with me at the helm, and I'm not talking about politically liberal, just in a social sense. You know, we... We, I wanted the magazine to have a social voice which is something we developed not social media voice but a social right. voice so um, we are involved in something now called News Story you can look at it on our website it's a tech based um philanthropy out of san francisco it's a y combinator charity and they build houses all over the world um, for homeless people and we're building a village in haiti uh, we're building an ad 100 village we have the ad 100 designers it's a tent pole of, mm-hmm. of ad so we're building 100 homes for families who are currently homeless since the hurricane and live in um in tents in haiti they've been living in them since 2010 um, 100 houses, beautiful piece of waterfront property. The houses are um, built to Miami-Dade code. They will not fall down again in an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, we're breaking ground um, now, this year.
0: So that's expanding the mission beyond it's ex- like, eye candy for it's rich people. It's expanding the mission
1: way beyond eye candy for rich people. You can look at this on our website. We talked about it in our last uh, December issue. There will be more. As we get the village built, you will see it. And again, it will live on ad.com website it will live in the social platforms on my personal platform um instagram uh which is where i'm most active and in the magazine and then of course there'll be a press component too Um, or i remade the dancers lounge here in new york city at american ballet theater it's an arts organization they are not rich i'm ballet involved (laughs) um the dancers spend all day in the studios training they're not wealthy um and the studio was to beyond depressing and decrepit with a couple dirty futons that have been there 20 years. So we remade the dancer lounge with um, uh, d- Donated services from um, two decorators and donated merchandise from our advertisers, and it's beautiful And again, you can look at that on ad.com. You could look at it in the magazine. We published it um, And it's what I call a goodwill project So it's design making a difference for people beyond the wealthy people we show mm-hmm. who have a great house I felt AD needs to, to share the riches, as it were. You right. know, Who can we help? So the Haiti Project is ambitious. We've been doing fundraising for a year. Um, we've raised 50% of the funds we need to raise. We will definitely raise the rest. Each house is $6,500. Um, they're cinder block houses. They're really great. I'm super excited about it. Um, the ABT Lounge was a labor of love. It's beautiful. For an arts organization here in New York City, they love it. Um, and there are more coming. You know, we're working on them, so they're going to touch different kinds of people in different parts of our um, our country or other parts of the world. Um, and that's AD. You know, that isn't a political message, but that comes from me from the heart. That I I wanted AD to be about more than just lucky people at home. It should be. It should show design is something that makes a difference for all people. It touches everybody's life. Um, as I said, from deciding what restaurant you want to go to tonight because the look of the place will give you a feeling, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. So final thing is, um, I mean, you are in the the shelter world yeah. every day. thank Those God. of us who are, <laughs> we don't we don't think about it as deeply as, as you do. So what are uh, a couple of trends that are exciting right now that people should pay attention to when it comes to homes?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the 80s, the 80s um, Memphis – thing has been happening for a long time and if you look at our vertical called clever you really see it there the, What's the, the memphis thing? memphis it's from the 80s it was, it was like um it, c- it came out of mm-hmm. italy uh, sort of a very um cool um architecturally based style with very bright colors and sort of vivid shapes um kind of have to look that up to, okay. to understand. Satsas, Aitor Satsas would be the, the lead proponent of, of Memphis. It's been happening for a while. Scandinavian is definitely still happening. Um, I think that mid-century modern is, you know, it's still very viable, but it looks very familiar. I don't want to say tired, but like people should definitely move on, but there's definitely a very Scandinavian thing happening. Um, it seems like millennial pink might finally go away. Oh, we see some other colors, but it is a great color. You know, and it is it is nice that it got people into color. Uh, color and pattern are definitely still happening. And then there are little micro trends all the time. Um, but I would say we've gone into an overall moment of color, pattern and more personality in decorating and away from what I would call like the oat hotel room, you know, high hotel, which was sort of beige for everybody. Uh, kind of a banal luxury feel that dominated decorating for a long time.
0: Okay. Amy, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Aditi Songle. If you liked our show, please subscribe. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And while you're there, rate us and leave a review. Or tweet about us. A shout-out this week goes to Jesse Nana Kojo who tweeted, At Digiday Podcast by At B. Morrissey, that's me, is the most important podcast i listen to closely followed by at recode media with at p kafka that's peter kafka thank you jesse i really appreciate that and i'm i'm very sorry peter but the silver is a pretty good prize please leave us an itunes review and stay tuned we'll be back next week with a new episode